shot and a great save by Dane St. Clair. Shot by Matt DeRosa, and it's in! Matt DeRosa puts the Terps up 1-0. Staden coming forward now, he had two last week. He winds up the left-footed shot, it sneaks into the bottom corner. Bin outside the box, a shot with the right foot, and it's in! Paul Bin wins it for the Terps! Now Sadich plays inside the 18, the shot, and a goal for the Terps! Leaves it for Herbe, cutting it back to the middle, and it's in! Paul Bin gets the goal for Maryland. Elney has the room, he shoots it in! Maryland has a 1-0 lead on the goal from the senior, Sebastian Elney. Eli Cronali, the deep free kick, sent into the box now. Herve there, the back post, and it's through the legs and in! Donovan Bynes is claiming it as the 6-5 man does a cartwheel on the far side, doubling Maryland's lead. And that'll do it! Maryland's California dream have become a reality. For the first time in a decade, the Terps are national champions. Ladies and gentlemen, get on your feet and welcome your Ludwig Lowdown, featuring Brendan Hartlove and Joe Malfa. Welcome into the 11th episode of the Ludwig Lowdown, our Maryland men's soccer podcast here on WMUC Sports Radio. As always, I'm Brennan Hartlove, joined by Joe Malfa this time. Joe, welcome back. Good to be back. Postseason time. Exciting in college soccer. It is It is postseason time, like you said. Now, the postseason will not exactly begin in the way that Maryland may have wanted to, but we will no, get will into not. that. Um, but they, they still have uh, some very good chances to, to kind of have some positives come out of the postseason because we are just getting started. And as we saw last season, anything can happen in the postseason. So um, just kind of the rundown of the episode, like we like to do at the beginning, we are going to recap Maryland's game against Michigan from the past weekend, the final regular season game. And then we are going to have an interview with Luke Brown, the transfer from Hofstra, who I've wanted to have on the podcast for uh, for a while now since he got here. And we'll finally, I will be sitting down with him this afternoon, actually. Again, kind of peeling back the curtain in a little bit of a backwards way that we're doing it. But such is the nature of uh, student-athlete schedules in, in the postseason and student-broadcaster schedules uh, around this time as well. So we'll chat with Luke, and then we will come back and we will preview the game against Northwestern in the first game of the Big Ten Tournament, second round, first game for Maryland. Um, that will be played on Sunday. So, Joe, any any uh, thoughts since you've been back? Because it's been, we had Tom last time, and um, just any, any opening remarks, perhaps? It's just been a weird season, man. I mean, they started off <laughs> slow, and then they had that, I guess, touching on their opponent, Northwestern, in the first round. They had that great stretch after that, very, very bad defeat at home, 3-1 to one at the hands of Northwestern. In their next nine games, they won six of them with two ties coming on the road in Big Ten play and then a loss one nothing to a Georgetown team that was then ranked 12th and is now ranked 3rd. So you had that great nine-game stretch, and then mm-hmm. you follow it up with a loss on the road against a good Penn State team in overtime. That It, it was yeah. kind of a cheap goal, a goal nonetheless, but a cheap goal to make it 3-2 in overtime. But... The real head-scratcher was what we just saw on Sunday against Michigan. So I don't really know what to make of this team going into the postseason. I mean, again, it was that great nine-game stretch. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Penn State game was a fine performance, but then Michigan happened. Uh, And and you don't like to enter postseason play with that being the taste that's left in your mouth. And a loss that now puts you on the road in Evanston instead of home, where you could have feasibly had three home games since the Final Four of the Big Ten Tournament is being hosted at Ludwig Field this year. So now you have to travel an extra time instead of just sitting cozy at home in your apartment, Mm -hmm. not worrying about flights and the current snow that we've seen up in the Midwest. (laughs) Could have just been here chilling, waiting for Northwestern to come here, and then around... uh, 
round two and three. Well, semifinal and final. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, like you said, it, it was a loss for Maryland. So we'll, we'll get into that game now. And um, just kind of we always like to give the context surrounding the game and just kind of like the lineup in a little bit uh, like that. It was uh, almost the same lineup for Maryland. However, Justin Geelan was ruled out with a concussion that he picked up at the end of the Penn State game. So in his absence, Justin Harris uh, filled in. And then aside from that, the regular lineup, Nicholas Moiman and goal, uh, the DeRosas is the fullbacks, Brett St. Martin and Johannes Bergman is the center backs. Eli was playing the attacking midfield role with Nick Richardson, David Kovacic behind him. And then the front three, Harris, like I said, uh, was playing on the left. Malcolm Johnson was on the right and Eric Matzlevich was up top. Um, so very, very, uh, familiar system, just kind of the like for like change with, with Gielan being ruled out. Now we would go on to learn after the game and you could tell a little bit that, um, David Kovacic was playing that game, uh, under the weather. He was sick for that game. So he didn't get the minutes in the second half that the team would have wanted him to, uh, just what physically was not able to, to contribute as much. And then Malcolm Johnson was dealing with a bit of an injury as well. And those are two guys that, yes, they're both freshmen, They but they've played a significant role for the Terps this season. Um, so it did hurt them a bit in the second half, as we'll see, not able to have them on the field. So uh, the game started, and it was kind of a dream start for Maryland. They got off very quickly. Um, Eric Matzlevich scored in the fifth minute of play off a beautiful cross from Benderosa, who was phenomenal in that first half. He's been very, very good all season, but that first half was was particularly particularly good for uh, Ben. And then three minutes later, uh, in about the eighth or ninth minute, Mohamed Zaki tied it up on a fairly controversial goal um, because there was a lot of contact bodies kind of falling in front of the the Maryland goal and it eventually was put in now they did not go to the video review uh Sasha and the rest of the Terrapins felt that there was a foul um uh I can editorialize a little bit more on the <laughs> podcast than I can the broadcast and I I agree that there was there was most likely a foul and even Johannes Bergman said the same thing after the game um and he just kind of said there there was a foul there but there's nothing you can do about it. And, yes, that is correct. But um, it was one of those instances, and I think Tom actually might do an article on this, or at least we were talking about the concept of this um, and just kind of talking about the video review and its uses. Because we've actually – I don't think we saw it at all last season for Maryland, maybe once. So. Uh, but if so, it was fairly inconsequential. Um, but this season – We've seen it several, several times. I think I might have seen it on the road against Georgetown. I don't know why that's sticking out in that 0-0 game. That that was one of the, side note, one of the, still one of the weirdest 0-0 games I've ever yeah. watched. The team's totaled 30 shots, and none of them found the back yeah. of the net. But anyway, it just back to this game, it, it was just such a weird st- – they get the dream start. How many times have we seen Maryland get an early goal and then just sit back and end it? Mm-hmm. Well, then they give up the goal a couple minutes later. Well, they score a couple minutes later and go yeah. up two to one, so they get two early goals and have two early one-goal leads, and they couldn't hold it. It's just, it was just a very, very confusing performance. One that we haven't seen from them. I, I don't even remember when. I mean, yeah. the, I don't know that the last time, uh, last year maybe. That it, I honestly have no idea. I don't remember when the last time was that they blew two separate leads like that in a yeah. game, and to do it as early as they did, uh, just. 
very confusing and frustrating for that to be the last performance of the regular season. Yeah, and so it, we've touched on it several times in the broadcast and Tom's writing in here on the podcast how crucial it is for Maryland to get that first goal. And it was especially key against Michigan because Michigan, if I remember correctly, was 8-0-2 this season when scoring first. Um, and obviously that shows that they are very successful in maintaining that lead. And I don't know the record off the top of my head with Maryland conceding first, but I know it's not good. I don't think that Maryland has won a game in which they conceded first this season. And the other frustrating thing, too, is that this comes on the heels of a Penn State game in which they had, again, two goals in the first 12 minutes mm-hmm. that gave them a 2 to nothing lead, and they blew that one. So it's back-to-back games in which they got that early lead, which has been a staple of this team. Get the lead early, protect it. You went up one nothing against Michigan, tied 1-1, then up 2-1, and then you lose 4-2. The Penn State one, you had a two-goal lead, yeah. and you lost that one in overtime. So just back-to-back frustrating performances from this team, and you hope that it just it's it's not something that's in their head now. Yeah, and uh, and maybe a couple of days off from the Michigan game before the Northwestern game will kind of give them a chance to to clear the heads and they could kind of refocus and try to get some revenge for that early season defeat against Northwestern. But uh, just you you have to come out really strong against Northwestern, and we'll talk about that once we uh, once we talk about the that game coming up. Because you, if you don't, if you stumble against Northwestern, then it's going to be a tough road to kind of regain that momentum heading into the NCAA tournament. It's, you know, last year we saw them get hot at the end, and they rode that. They didn't win the Big Ten tournament, but they got to the end against Indiana and lost in a heartbreaking Seven fashion. Finals, yeah. uh, but this is starting to maybe sort of enter the territory of two years ago when mm-hmm. they completely spiraled at the end lost to Albany in the NCAA tournament. Two losses, two games in which you had a lead. If you come out now and lose to Northwestern, you're in a little bit of trouble. And it's a, it's, I say this not because, for the obvious reasons. It's a must-win game because you advance in the Big Ten tournament. But it's a, a must-win game more so for their mentality going into the NCAA tournament. Because, look, at the end of the day, if you win the Big Ten tournament, great. If you don't, great. It's all about the NCAA tournament for me, at least. And, you know, if they lose, if they beat Northwestern but then go ahead and lose to Indiana, that's fine. That's acceptable. But you cannot lose to Northwestern because that is just such a low point to be heading into the NCAA tournament on on a three-game losing streak. Yeah, and I I have a text conversation with Tom Arredo, then Joe Catapano, who covered the team last year. And we were talking after the game. And I was wondering when the last time Maryland lost three games in a row was, meaning the third would potentially be against Northwestern. And I said, Maryland has not lost three games in a row since they lost six straight at the end of 2017. I was hoping that stat would be a little more impressive. Um, yeah. I was I was in my head. I had obviously forced that out of my memory. Um, <laughs> and so I was I was thinking, oh, it's probably back in like before Sasha got here or something or like the early. Nope. No, it was yeah. just, just now, two years I wonder ago. when the time was before that. That would be interesting. Yeah, that's true. I didn't care enough at that point to, <laughs> to keep looking. I was a little bit under the weather. Now, another thing that you probably tried to block out of your mind is that Providence game. See, I knew you were going to bring and, that up. And that's what kind of crept into my mind when just these last couple of days were back-to-back yeah. games with these blown leads. You know, yeah. it's just, I don't know, it, it's just a weird ending to the season after a stellar stretch of nine games. The team is still ranked 23rd, and they deserve to be yeah. there because, again, the Penn State loss at the end of the day, it wasn't a bad loss. I mean, uh, Penn State, uh, they they did win the Big Ten regular season title, right? Indiana did. Indiana did, sorry. Yeah. But Penn State was up there at the top with Indiana. Um, they're had, ranked 13th. Had, had Penn State won, Indiana lost over the weekend. That's Penn right. State I forgot the scenario. Yeah. But uh, 
They're ranked 13th. It was on the road, top of the Big Ten, yeah. right there with Indiana. Like, that's a fine loss. Just the one at home to Michigan, though, really stung. Yeah, and so just to we, we've gotten a little sidetracked. Just to continue taking you through that game, Maryland did take the lead back, like Joe said, in the 13th minute through Eli Cornally, who's uh, – it was his senior day, so it was kind of a good moment there. And you saw him run towards the uh, opposite stands where his parents are always sitting. They come in for every game. And he kind of held up the, the heart hands and then did a little cartwheel too, which was uh, a little bit unexpected, but not as unexpected as Donovan Pines' cartwheel <laughs> out in Santa Barbara. Um, so Maryland goes into the locker room with a – two to one lead at halftime or uh, they lead two to one it was a crazy start to the game inside the first quarter of an hour um and so it was kind of going to be how are the teams going to respond coming out of the locker room because obviously it's important for michigan to come right back out and level the game well they did that in 64 seconds coming out of the locker room Derek Brose, the freshman i think uh getting his maybe sophomore, whatever, getting his fifth goal of the season or something. Dream start to the game for Maryland, dream start to the second half Exactly, exactly. It was a tale of two halves. And so um, Jack Hallahan got the assist on that for Michigan, who has had a down year by his standards but was phenomenal against Maryland on on Sunday. And he would get the goal to uh, put them in the lead in the 55th minute. And so now it's 3-2, to two, and Maryland's kind of stunned. And they're getting some looks, but not really anything too, too exciting. And then in the dying embers of the match, the I want to say 88th minute, uh, Eric Matzlevich picks the ball up and has a great shot from distance. And Finnerty, the goalkeeper for Michigan, who's a freshman, only making his second career start, parried it away brilliantly. And I saw the NCAA uh, soccer account tweeted their top five plays of the week, and that was number four. That save was number four. Um, and it's very rare that you see a save um, pop up on top plays. And so it was, but that led to a corner that Maryland tried to take relatively quickly. Nicholas Neumann came up. It's the 89th minute, kind of everything but the kitchen sink. Uh, Cronali sends it in. It bounces around a little bit, gets cleared. Neumann's trying to haul butt back to, <laughs> to sorry to to the goal, and Hallahan comes down the near side and probably from 40 yards out rolls it. It was an agonizingly slow roll, is I think how I put it on the broadcast, because it just kind of trickled into the back of that. It's 4-2, game, set, match. And so that um, Maryland needed a result out of that to have a chance at hosting that second round of the Big Ten tournament, their first game, and it slipped away um, pretty pretty painfully. And it was very disappointing uh, atmosphere around the team, disappointed atmosphere around the team. Um, after the game, and just to kind of give you Sasha's thoughts as I like to try to just include what he said. He said, it's a tough one to take, tough pill to swallow. We started brightly once again, scored a couple good goals. They were very efficient on their crosses uh, in the box, and our box defending wasn't good enough today, which is very true. Um, Sidebar, I think Tom actually wrote an article on that and Maryland's defense struggled um, just to deal with the the crosses in from Widers, which is an area that they've done very well in. They really excelled with that. um, This season, so it was kind of bizarre to see them struggle that much um, in that area on on Sunday. Um, he said, but I'm proud of our guys with all the injuries before the game with David's sickness and Malcolm's injury. I thought our guys competed hard and fought to the last whistle, whistle. That's a good Michigan team. It is a good Michigan team, but it's probably a team that Maryland should have should have been able to, to beat. So um, there's kind of your recap. I know we interjected a lot of our uh, thoughts and opinions kind of as we went through that, but is there anything you want, want to add or any kind of – I think we kind of exhausted it all. Just really overall a kind of a confounding – 
disappointing performance. But yeah. at the end of the day, sometimes you need that wake-up call. Again, it was that great nine-game stretch. Mm-hmm. The Penn State loss ended that one, but still a good performance. They really haven't had a dud of a performance since the first Northwestern game. Um, yeah. Trying to think through it. Everything else was close. They had the loss to Georgetown. A couple of uh, slow games against Yale where they kind of snuck one out in the end. And, yeah. uh, but no real bad performances again since that Northwestern game. So it, you don't want to end your season on that note. But again, keep in mind it was the first true poor performance that they yeah. had in over. Let's see, what date was that? That was on September 20th. September 20th. So a month and a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, it's no cause for panic yet. No. Uh, but now all of a sudden if – that funk from the Michigan game carries over seven days later to Northwestern and then lose that, then you got to worry a little bit. Yeah. So uh, no reason to panic yet. Just got to see how they come out against Northwestern, and I guess that's a good segue into that one coming up on Sunday. And it's it's a game against a team that you lost to this season. Yeah. It's a game you need to win, obviously, to advance in the Big Ten tournament and have a chance for two home games. The first time that Maryland's hosting the Big Ten tournament. Uh you don't want to not be in that final four of the Big Ten tournament when you yeah. finally get to host it. And it's a Northwestern team that is not ranked. It's a team that uh, has kind of had its ups and downs this season. They finish 8-7-2 and two overall against the Big Ten. They were 3-3-2, three, three, and two, kind of just a middling team. Uh, the win against Maryland was kind of the, the one game that really stands out on their resume this season. They didn't really end on a strong note. They lost four in a row in a span from Indiana, Michigan, Loyola, and Penn State before they kind of rebounded at the end with wins over Rutgers, Michigan State, and then a tie against Wisconsin. I'm not going to count their last game of the season. They played Marion, who I've never heard of, as and I think a nope. D2-3 school. I think it was, three. It was a 7-0 win. It was just kind of a, a feel-good senior night scrimmage, basically, <laughs> going into the Big Ten tournament. Uh, so you can't really put too much stock into a 7 nothing win to end the it season. It was just that there's an odd number of teams in the Big Ten, so yes. somebody had to not play exactly. a Big Ten team. Exactly, but they could have scheduled someone better than a D3 school, probably. Yeah, but you got to think a lot of the other top conferences are finishing their are conference their, play. Yeah, so are there really no other conferences with an odd number? Uh, I'm sure there are. Probably could have played whoever, yeah, <laughs> whoever their odd-numbered person was. Yeah, well, I mean, it's probably a confidence thing, too. Yeah, I mean, your last yeah, going into the Big course. Ten tournament, I mean, obviously. You're and they be, needed that confidence boost. Because yeah. Like I said, it was a very poor stretch before yeah. they played Rutgers, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. So um, it's a team that Maryland should beat on paper. It's yep. a team that they probably should have beaten the first time around. And they seem to be on their way to beating them the first time around. It was a one nothing first half deficit. Then Maryland tied at 1-1. With that and Brian Padilla beauty. Awesome, awesome goal. I think it's, it's my favorite goal I've seen this season. Let me think. The Benderosa one was great. I don't know. I kind of like the Padilla one, just the outside of the so. foot. It was just a moment of class. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's hard to DeRosa's, with no offense to Ben, was <laughs> kind of one of those where, like, you know what? I'm just going to hit this as hard as I can, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Padilla was he, perfectly he knew, calculated. Exactly, yeah. It was it was just beautiful. But, yeah. Two um, very different goals very in a lot different, of ways, Very too. different. One was kind of more accidental. One was pure class. I don't, I don't Not know. accidental, it but, like, accidental. It, it was, was whenever you put your foot through the ball like that, that thing could end up going out for a throw-in. It could end up over the protective netting, or it could end up in the goal. You have no clue. Yeah. But Padilla's was about as precise as you can get. Anyway, yeah. um, point that I was trying to make was after they made it one-to-one, they had all of the momentum. It could have already easily been two or three to one Maryland in that span, mm-hmm. but they couldn't find the net. And then the Rush Shealy mistake happened. A uh, ball that seemed like it was just going to be a cross. Yeah. And he was going to let it go. And he did let it go. 
but instead of going out, it ends up in the side netting. Yeah. The team at that after that point, the by lane was changed, completely Deflated. dejected, yep. and then Northwestern put in a third at the end. So uh, it's a game that they should have won. They were the better team in that game, yeah. 100%. It's just the mistake killed them in the end. And what we've seen from Neumann, I don't think that mistake is going to happen again. No. And as long as it, something like that doesn't happen, we'll have to keep an eye on the weather as well because um, I know – Actually, I see you typing it in. Yes. Check that up because <laughs> I know the past couple of days it's been snowing up in that region, and uh, you don't want to have weather be a thirty factor. degrees there. Currently right thirty, now. so the weather is going to play a factor in uh, some capacity. But at the end of the day, Maryland is just on paper and and what we've seen uh, the much better team here. They just have to come out and prove it. So it's going to be a balmy forty degrees on Sunday. Any precipitation? And cloudy, twenty percent. So it looks like. Uh, AM snow showers on Monday, so maybe a little bit when they're trying to come home. Hopefully, it doesn't delay them again. But uh, Sunday is showing a high of 40 degrees, low of 26. Uh, winds 11 miles per hour. And Joe, back to sports with you. So, <laughs> what, what did you say on the broadcast? Why have traffic coming up next or something? Something like that. I think it was the Rutgers game. Whatever. Um, yeah, so it's gonna be a little, little chilly. Um, and obviously those factors play into it as as well. And we'll kind of just alter the, the order of things we're doing now and just give you the full Northwestern preview. Then we'll do Luke Brown. Then we'll come back with Pro Terps at, at the end um, just because there's only one game we're recapping, one yeah. we're previewing. So, um, yeah, and you, you kind of look at the whole um, scoring first type of um, situation, and Northwestern did exactly that. They came out, and I think it was the fourth minute, Put one behind the back post. Matarosa lost his marker. Guy put it in the back of the net, and you're already four minutes into the game, down. And that was also an interesting lineup because, like you said, Rashid was in there because that was the game after Neumann got his eye injury. I yes, think. Yes, it was um, the game. I, that was right when. But Marcus was, Antoine also started. Yes. So that was and another he was, thing. He let the so that the goal that started it off for Northwestern. Antoine let the runner cross his face very easily to get to the end line, and then Matt DeRosa lost his marker on the back end. So the two of them just miscommunication, completely breakdown at the back. Yeah. But that was, again, one of the few games this season in the last couple of years where Maryland went down early but responded well. Yeah. Uh, and, again, just the, the Rochelle mistake just kind of put an end to uh, their hopes in that game. But um, definitely outclassed. Northwestern yeah. in that game, and definitely all season long have been the much better team. It's just you never know when you're going on the road. Um, the weather's going to be cold. You just never know when you're going on the road. Even yeah. look at when they went on the road to Wisconsin and outshot them. Was it 20-something to like 7 or whatever that game it was? was. A, it was a lot. And, and it was a 0-0 tie. Yeah. And especially in a setting like this, Northwestern may very well be heading into this game with a mindset of let's just sit back. Let's not concede. Maryland doesn't have a ton of firepower offensively. They rely on scoring first and then stifling you anyway. Yeah. But let's just sit back, 0-0, zero, zero, win it in PKs if we have to. And whenever that is part of the equation, mm-hmm. you never know. Yeah. Um, That's so the thing, the whole, the whole penalty kick, because Maryland's had several games go to overtime so far this season. Yes. And now you just add a whole new element in Maryland's one PK shootout they played in last year. And I think it's the first one they've had in several. No, no, Albany. 
Oh, that's right. You keep forgetting about that season. Six game losers forget the <laughs> I end. I wonder the why, Joe. <laughs> I wonder why I keep forgetting. Um, I, I only remember it because I was on the call for three of those six games. I was so, on the call. So it was your fault. It was all my fault. Hearing. I was on the call for the Georgetown. Hey, we got a national championship out of it in the end. Yeah, that's so it's true. Okay. But I was on the call for the Georgetown game that started the skid. Uh-huh. I forgot which game I was on the call for in the middle of that. And then I was on the call for the PK gaming against Albany. So it was something that I really can't get out of my mind because I was there yeah. for all three of them. But. Um, it's just you never know when PKs become part of the equation. You almost have to win it in 90 because if it gets to overtime, however defensive Northwestern was playing before that, yeah. just multiply that by 10. It's going to be one of those you know 9-1 formations bus, where nine yeah. people are in the box and just kind of pull out their lawn chairs, grab a <laughs> cup of coffee, and just chill until they have to get ready to take a penalty kick. So. Yeah. Um, just to wrap up the thoughts on the Northwestern game from this season and kind of the preview there, um, we said it was a 3-1. We've talked about three of the four goals. The fourth coming in the 86th minute, um, Ty Seeger, which was just kind of a – There was it, much that could have been done about that. It, it was a poor back pass by Nick Richardson that gave the ball away. That could have been avoided. And then it kind of, Seeger kind of came in and came in, chipped it over to uh, Sheely at the time. Um, and into the back of the net, and that was kind of game set match in that one as well. So Maryland ended up shooting out shooting Northwestern ten to eight with eight shots for Northwestern's three in the second half, um, which was needed. So it's going to be a different look team uh, when when you get to this game against Northwestern because if I look at um, the lineup, so Russ Shealy starting goal that will presumably this is all speculation i have not talked to sash yet about any of this and i think it's all reasonable i think the rush Healy one not starting is pretty much set in stone unless something yes. happens to Neumann. yes and so marcus antoine got his first career start that almost that i assume will not happen um johannes bergman to be kovacic william james Herve, who managed to play eight minutes in that game before re-injuring that same one now I am going to try to find out this afternoon whether or not they tell me or not is a different story. Yeah. Uh, but they've been trying to have Will back for the Big Ten tournament. Side note, I saw him on campus the other yeah. y- yesterday, and he was wearing a hot pink <laughs> Adidas jumpsuit. Full full jumpsuit? Uh, the top was pink. Full jumpsuit. The top wow. was hot pink. And I think it was only half. I saw him from afar. I knew it was him because there's nobody else on campus yeah. that dresses like that. Um, I also saw the number. I also saw the number. People. Yes, I also saw the number eight backpack on yeah. on him. But um, you saw that after the break. Yes, yes. But he had a. Uh, it was a bright hot pink, uh, top of the jumpsuit, and then matching black bottoms. I think it was an wow. Adidas jumpsuit, and uh, earrings in, uh, hat on. What a guy! Fully was it, was fully it a normal William hat James or a survey. bucket hat? Or it, like was, a, it was. It was kind of like. Um, it was like a regular ball cap, but like the brim was very short. Interesting. Very interesting. I as we come to know with Billy J. Hervé, as Tom and I like <laughs> to call him sometimes. <laughs> I forgot about that. It just rolls off the tongue like that, you know. Yeah. But I don't remember the last time we've had all three of us together in a in a room because there's yeah. been it's it's been a little bit. But yeah, I asked Nicholas Neumann if you heard the podcast last week. I asked him about they live together about their kind of fashion and i was like all right just break this down for me he was like i like it and i was like it's the european thing um but anyway they hope they hope he's healthy they for hope this he's game. wearing a maryland uniform exactly on sunday um and so yeah they they hope to have him back i don't know if he's back in full training i know he started running a few weeks ago that kind of thing uh malcolm johnston now i don't know the extent of his in, his injury he obviously played in that game so it can't have been too bad um, and he's had a week to, to recover. Eric Matzlovich, presumably, will start. Brian Padilla, 
out for the season. And then you have Nick Richardson and Ben and Matt. Um, so also Paul Ben is back on campus. Oh, I good. I don't know if you. I did I, not know that. Yeah, I um, I saw him at the game. Um, I messaged him. I knew he's coming back, but then I saw him at the game on Sunday. He gave me a hug and he seems to be in good spirits. So he's officially starting his recovery here. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. But, yep, Paul's back in the country. And so we've tossed around the idea a little bit of continuing this podcast after the season ends, it, albeit not weekly, um, but sporadically. And I'd like to maybe have Paul on just kind of talk about the scenario, that kind of that kind of thing. So we'll see. Can't guarantee anything, but just kind of where my thoughts are. So where are we? <laughs> we were finishing up Northwestern. This, this, this has been very weird because we've changed the order of everything, and it's completely thrown me for yeah, a Yeah, and so. also it's just kind of like a, a weird – Week two because usually we've got like two, two games. Two. We yeah, got, yeah, we got we got two games to recap, two games to preview. But we've got one to recap, one to preview. So we've kind of had a lot more time for yeah. filler. Um, I only wanted to say one more thing about sure. the Northwestern game coming up and just kind of the players to highlight. Um, Matt Monterwell and Bardia Kimiavi, the two that really kind of controlled things the first time these teams met and. It wasn't a fluke. I mean, they continued their success the rest of the season. Motherwell, five goals, six assists. Uh, Kimiavi, four goals, two assists, leading the way for them with 16 and 10 points, respectively. So those are the two to watch. Mm -hmm. If they can kind of mark those two, the team doesn't really have much firepower elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, they're shaky at the back. It's, again, on paper and with what we've seen this season, yeah. Maryland should win this game. Yeah, I but was, you never know in tournament time, especially like we were saying, if a team just parks the bus and hopes for penalties or a lucky break in in on a counterattack in in overtime. Yeah, I mean, I was just kind of thinking about it, uh, thinking back to that game because, like you said, it's a month and a few weeks, and Lord knows how many games we've had in between. <laughs> um, it's starting to all come back to me a little bit now. But Northwestern did not impress me. Nothing. They they did nothing in that game. They got the early goal on yeah. the mistake by the freshman. Then they got the. Fluke goal that Russ certainly yeah. should have caught, and then at that point Maryland was out of the game, completely demoralized, down two to one. Uh, they were committing pretty much nine players forward with Nick Richardson just kind of around the back just to send the ball back up. It was one poor back pass, and yeah. uh, ag again maybe poor positioning from Russ Shealy on on uh, the third goal where he kind of left the near post wide open, um, barely got a touch to it, didn't really cut off the angle, and they lost 3-1. to one. So um, I might be harsh on him for that third goal. I can't remember it exactly. Maybe he was. Uh, I take that back. Maybe he might have been in better positioning. He was. I think Russ was fine for the third was goal. It? it was kind of the back pass the, the, from Nick The third Richardson goal is blurring for away. me right now. So it was kind of uh, – I remember the back pass, but I don't remember – it was, it was just Seeger went in, Russ kind of came out, and then Seeger chipped it over oh, Russ's yes, right yes, yes, shoulder. Yes, no, I, take that. The, I rescind that. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> the third goal was not his hole. I remember now. Yeah. I remember clearly now. Yeah. You can see clearly now the, you know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, obviously we'll talk more about uh, the Big Ten tournament in, after what happens Sunday. Um, so it could either be a Maryland win, and they are on to play the uh, most likely Indiana because Indiana will play the winner of Ohio State and Rutgers. Ohio State and Rutgers plays on Saturday. It's probably going to be Indiana. <laughs> yeah, and so the thing is, that's another quick turnaround. There's 24 hours between their between their games. Yeah. Not not even like so they play Saturday it's at a Big one. Big Ten tournament. Yeah, and then they play Sunday. The winner of that game plays Sunday at one against Indiana. Um, then we could see a semifinal rematch between Indiana and Maryland, um, like we saw. And I think that's last what everybody's year. hoping for too, especially with. You know, we had the kind of very surprising poor performance against Northwestern. Yeah. But then the surprising, terrific performance with three first-half goals against yeah. Indiana. So I think everybody wants to see that rematch as well. So yeah. if all goes according to plan, if 
things go the way we expect them to go, we will have that on November fifteenth. Yeah. I will unfortunately miss it, as we talked about off air. I've got a uh, I'll be there. I got a seventieth surprise party for my you uncle. Just so give I have it to, away. I don't think he'll be. There. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> uh, but uh, if anybody knows Joe's uncle, did not tell him. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that will be on the fifteenth at four o'clock uh, if Maryland's there. It'll also still be at four o'clock if Maryland's not there. I got um, a lot of selfish reasons for like wanting them to get to the final. It gives me a chance to call another game yeah. because I'm not going to be here for the semis. Mm-hmm. My parents and my brother will be in town, so they will for the first time be able to take in a Maryland game at Ludwig Field, and what better than the first ever time they're hosting the Big Ten tournament. So yeah. they better do this. <laughs> no pressure, guys. For, for Joe's family's sake. <laughs> no pressure. Um, yeah. I Obviously, I would I would like taking the the journalistic part out of me. Obviously, I would like them to win. But if they don't and they don't play on Sunday, I'll be doing field hockey NCAA tournament. So go. I'm still calling like three games in three days regardless yeah. um, or something, something along those lines. But, um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. And if we just kind of want to – predict the rest of this Big Ten tournament. Uh, then on the other side of the bracket, it's Michigan, Michigan State. I would probably take Michigan in that in that game, although that's one I could probably see going either way. Um, and then Penn State, Wisconsin. I see Penn State getting yeah, let's, let's actually, you know what, let's do this. Let's, yeah, let's predict I've, it I out. I figured that's one thing that Joe Catapano said at the beginning of the year is that this is kind of an opportunity for us to – uh, a little bracketology uh, in the yeah, Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, we can do things that are a little more subject, subjective and stuff. So, all right, let's see. Ohio um, State, Rutgers. Uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, I mean, give me, give me Ohio State. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm trying to think back to the games that Maryland played. Just because that's I the think, only I just think Rutgers. I just think Rutgers yeah. was kind of way pumped yeah. up early in the season. So I, give me Ohio State. Yeah, give me and Ohio give State me too. Indiana getting past Ohio State. Whoever comes out of that game, give me Indiana. So I say Indiana yeah. over Ohio State. Um, then the Michigan Michigan State one. I think from what we've seen, I lean towards um, Michigan, especially yeah. that it's a home game for them too and a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if Michigan State pulls that one away, especially yeah. with their pedigree in and Final they, Four last they season. They dealt with a lot of injuries around the time that Maryland played them, um, and I'll, obviously the conditions of that game were awful. Awful. So. Um, I feel like I haven't necessarily had a very good look at. Well, no, I watched them play against Michigan in the battle for the Big Bear, whatever they call their yeah. rivalry, um, before before Michigan came here. Um, but Michigan won that two nothing kind of comfortably. Yeah, Infinity uh, didn't have have to make a save. So yeah, I'll take Michigan. I'll take Michigan. So we are, we agree so far. I don't think we're gonna disagree much. Yeah, I don't you think and I so don't either. disagree that we much. We really don't. Penn's, we spent too much time together. Penn, Penn State over Wisconsin. <laughs> there's nothing really to agree or disagree on there. It's Penn State. Yeah. I guess now we could kind of get well. Maryland Northwestern. I'm gonna say Maryland. It just yeah. So I not even like a, a Homer. Yeah, podcast. no, I know. Like I like Maryland is. It's a chance for them to clear the air after the Michigan loss and the Penn State loss. It's a chance to get revenge from the early season defeat, and they are significantly better than Northwestern. If they lose this game, it's not going to be because of quality. It's going to be because of something yeah. that just doesn't go their way, or because of uh, you know going into overtime or penalty kicks. So yeah. I'm going to go with Maryland. Um, okay. But I guess now things kind of get interesting. Yeah, that's the thing. Indiana, uh, Maryland. Well, let's do Michigan, the let's Penn do the State. other side first. Michigan, Penn State. I I just see Penn State. As a strong team, I a go Michigan. Team. I go. Okay. I think. I think we've seen in the over the past couple of years that Michigan has been able to go on runs in this Big Ten tournament. Um, the win over Maryland helps them. Yeah, they get. If assuming that they get to that next round, it would mean that they. 
beat Michigan State in their rivalry game, beat Maryland, and then beat Michigan State in another rivalry game. So they're coming in really hot. Yeah. I'm just still – I don't know. I'm just still not sold on Penn State yet. They're kind of one of those new up-and-coming teams in the Big Ten. And, they look, they look good against Maryland on, when Maryland went out there, but they still fell down to yeah. nothing early. And it's not like – we're talking about any home field advantage now because starting with that game, it's at Ludwig Field. So mm-hmm. I go Michigan just based on what I've seen this season. But again, would not be surprised to see Penn State come out of it. Yeah, and I I think this might be when Penn State kind of shows that they're they're here to play. Could type be it's of a thing. perfect opportunity um, for them to do so. Yeah, I think they have some some momentum uh, coming into this game as well with the win over Maryland and they won in overtime, I believe, uh, over the, over the weekend. Um and I just I I I do kind of like what I've seen from them. So, so I got Michigan. I got Michigan in the final down there. You got Penn State in the final down there. So yeah. now Indiana Maryland, the rematch. Yeah, I've got Indiana. Sorry to anybody listening. I I hope Maryland proves it wrong. Yeah. Uh, but I just I think and in talking to Indiana's reporters yeah. when they were out here for the Hoosier Network for that first game. Maryland made a very young Indiana team look that much younger. They were not prepared for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that with that game under their belt and having seen Maryland and now knowing the environment you're coming into at Ludwig Field, yeah. a lot of them just kind of seem spooked by the environment. Mm-hmm. But now you know what you're getting into. You know how Maryland plays. At the end of the day, Indiana is a very, very classy, quality team. They're yeah. young, but they have a lot of talent. I think ha- – the Maryland loss under their belt is going to help them, and I think we see a game that goes more according to what we expected. Because before that game, uh, talking again to the Hoosier Network reporters, we thought it'd be either one nothing Maryland mm-hmm. or it could be three to one Indiana yeah. if they score early. Um, and I think I think this time Indiana, with adjustments made and Coach Yeagley being the great coach that he is as well. A great coaching matchup. I think he would make the adjustments. I think Indiana comes through maybe two to one. Be yeah. another really great game. It wouldn't be the worst thing for Maryland because we know that last time they lost to it's Indiana in the semifinal, itself. how that ended up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I do think Indiana would come out of that one. No, and I'm I'm going to agree with you, and that may surprise some people um, that, <laughs> that I'm I'm not taking Maryland the game uh, in in a game. But I I think that it's going to be difficult for Maryland to repeat that kind of performance. Um, and if you're able to get past Northwestern on Sunday, yes, you come home. Um, but I just don't think that this team is hot enough no. to be able to take down an Indiana team who had a hiccup against Maryland but still finished the season. It's not like they had a downward spiral like Maryland exactly. in 2017 kind of thing. They rebounded very well from the Maryland Exactly, loss. exactly. They, they had a very good response, and I think that showed a lot of character in a young team. And so I think that – I mean, you always talk about it's hard to beat a t- the same team twice or three yes. times or whatever, but, I mean, we saw how that went last year with Indiana again. But I think that Indiana would get the better. And I agree with you. I think it will be a closer game. I think it will be a better game. Um, I don't see Maryland getting blown out. I don't see Indiana getting blown out. I very well could see another overtime or penalty kick game type 100%. of thing where you have kind of the battle of – of Maryland's experience and may- maybe the grit that they have versus the skill, but still youth of of uh, Indiana as well. So um, that gives you an Indiana, Michigan for Michigan me, Penn, Penn State, State for you, yeah. and I go Indiana over Michigan. I I do too. I or for you, Indiana over Penn State. Yeah, I think either way, I I do see Indiana winning the Big Ten tournament. Um, so um, they're, they're a good side. Yeah, Maryland kind of handed it to them, but I think that they, they have the quality to, to be able to actually 
come out as the Big Ten champions. Agreed. And we go in the not to think too far ahead. Then you go to the national tournament and all that kind of stuff as well. But we'll still have a few more podcasts in between to uh, to talk about all that kind of stuff. So I think now is probably a good time. You've heard us ramble on long enough. This is the longest block of us just sitting here talking <laughs> we've had on a podcast uh, so far. And like we said, it's a weird week. It's a weird podcast. It's always a weird podcast. But it's yeah, always true. Um, Whenever we're involved, it's you know it's very true. Um, so after we go to the interview with Luke Brown that at the moment of recording this, I have yet to have. So I always like to say, oh, we talked about this. We talked about that. Um, hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So, um, I did this last week too, but I mean, I plan on talking to him about kind of growing up over in England, his decision to come over. Cause we've talked to a few of these foreign players now, what brought him over to the United States, what brought him to Hofstra and then maybe why he chose to leave Hofstra to come to Maryland kind of this season. And then Luke is a guy that has a really great personality, um, from, from the first time I met him, gosh, end of August now. Um, and so he's a guy I knew I wanted to have on the podcast. So, uh, great guy. Um, and so we'll not, we'll talk about some of that stuff. And then once we come back from that, we will do kind of our pro terps. The U S national team announced their, uh, one, one of their like three rosters going to these games. Yeah. Um, and so we'll break that down because some terps are involved or not involved in, in that conversation as well. So we'll do that when we come back, but first our interview with Maryland midfielder slash forward, Luke Brown. All right, I'm now joined by Maryland midfielder slash forward Luke Brown. And Luke, thank you for taking the time to, to join me. No problem. Thank you for having me. Um, so we'll kind of start uh, about you growing up over in England and maybe the, kind of the, the clubs you played for and just kind of your journey up until you decided to come over to the United States. Kind of what was that like? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so growing up in England, it's a lot different mm -hmm. to here. So here <laughs> you have the the baseball, the NFL, yeah. sort of the the basketball you have a variety of <laughs> options whereas in England and I think a lot of Europe it's just football yeah. and soccer so you play that and it's pretty much nothing else so <laughs> from an early age that's that's what everyone does mm -hmm. um my dad played professionally in England uh he played played in the old first division at the time it's called uh team called Luton Town yeah. so yeah a couple other teams he played for so yeah it's it's pretty pretty much set up for me <laughs> yeah. and my brother from a, from a young age to play um started off just sort of club football how it works in in england you sort of just play for your local team um there are academies i, I know they're starting up younger and younger now yeah. they're getting kids in at like six seven years old it's but crazy. yeah so i played for uh, my local team ely which is where i'm from um my dad was was one of the coaches him and, and one of my friend's dad so <laughs> that was a lot of fun played there till i was a about 13 or 14 then i moved to a team not too far away i mean for us it was <laughs> a little bit more of a commitment it's about yeah. 30 45 minutes for mm -hmm. i mean here that sounds like nothing, nothing yeah <laughs> but in england that's a pretty decent distance wow. so about 45 minutes away i uh, started playing for them that was kind of a, a little bit of a step up called arbury aces we had good sides sort of more of a more of a sort of regional team we traveled a little bit further mm -hmm. um and then I played with them until I was about 15 or 16. Um, and then I, I sort of, I hadn't been at any academies and I sort of was, was really happy with where I was. I was just enjoying it. Like yeah. it was a good level, sort of the level just above, uh, level just below, sorry, the sort of academy level of yeah. your like, your, your Arsenal's, Chelsea's, Tottenham's, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, so I had a trial at Leicester when I was about 16. Um, I was there for a few weeks did quite well unfortunately nothing ever materialized mm -hmm. and then uh 
had a trial with Sheffield United as well. Same thing. I was there for a little while. I was 16. I was playing in with the, the 18s and the 21s. So I thought I was doing quite well. Yeah. And then, uh, then the first team manager there got sacked, and all the staff oh. went with him. So, <laughs> so uh, sometimes things just don't work out. So that was unfortunate. Yeah. But it happens so often in in football. Yeah. Um. So I was kind of in and out. Not really sure if I, I always knew I wanted to pursue hopefully being a professional footballer yeah. so I'm not sure if you know how the system works in England but a there's bit. a lot of leagues so we have four to five professional leagues mm-hmm. and then below that there's like very good levels where some people live off of the money they're paid, uh, paid semi-pro yeah. and they all have academy side so I went to an under 18 team which would have been the sixth tier at the time which is still a good level so i played there from 18 to i'm sorry 16 to 18 19 Mm -hmm. and then sort of out of the blue the the opportunity to come to america arose i knew a guy that had played in the first team and he decided to come to america actually to hofstra which is where i was before here and um someone came in gave us a presentation said like this is kind of how it works Mm -hmm. everyone was sort of looking at either going off to university in England or trying to pursue a career at home yeah. uh, or just going into going into work. And I thought, well, that sounds quite good. I sort of heard of people doing it, but yeah. not many people. I guess it's got bigger since I've, since I've been here, I think. It's, yeah. it's become a bigger thing in England. But <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, that sounds interesting. That may be something I, I could do. I like to travel. My family travel a lot. So... But I'd never been to America, so yeah. I wasn't really too sure how that worked. You see the films and these big American universities, and and I, I didn't didn't ever know that soccer soccer was a was sort of a thing here. Yeah. You hear about the MLS, but but outside of that, you don't realize quite how big the university system is and how popular it is. So yes, got speaking to a few people, spoke to the guy that I knew at Hofstra, and then just turns out that from there they were looking for a forward for for the next year. Spoke to the coach who was from England uh, the two assistants were English and Irish <laughs> so I didn't quite realize how many people yeah. <laughs> had, had come over here and sort of making a making a career and a living out of it yeah so uh yeah moved pretty quick I agreed to that <laughs> sort of within a couple of weeks yeah uh, yeah and then I was off to New York ended up at, wow. ended up at Hofstra and then yeah three great years there really enjoyed it like great people it's a good conference mm-hmm. like uh not quite as big as the Big Ten, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think it should probably get more recognition than it does. There's some <laughs> good teams in it. Yeah. So yeah, loved it there. Living in New York, like a dream, and then <laughs> wanted to sort of take my step to the next level, and then I'm here at Maryland. So that's wow. kind of my soccer career. That is so a, that's a long journey. Yeah. <laughs> um, so firstly, I know from talking to like Johannes and Nicholas about kind of how it's done at the, the upper youth levels, how you can either go to university or you can keep playing soccer, football, and it's not exactly, you, it's very difficult to do both. Is that kind of the same in England? Yeah, okay. yeah, that's exactly the same. So it was sort of either I pursued my football career at home or mm-hmm. I go down the path of university. Yeah. And I really wanted to do both. I mean, doing both is important. My, <laughs> my mum and dad obviously yeah. enforced that quite a lot as well. So, yeah, it just worked out that this was perfect. I yeah. think it's such a great system. Best of both worlds. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you said you were up at Hofstra and then you decided to take that next step to here. What was it kind of like making the making that step up? Because, again, it's we always talk about it's a very short preseason kind of thing. Yeah. What was that transition like from being at Hofstra, who is a very solid Division One team, but up to the defending national champions? Yeah. 
yeah so yeah it was tough to leave there I'd met, obviously made a lot of friends like yeah. lifelong friends that I'll I still speak to now still still see after the yeah. season's done <laughs> so it was definitely a tough decision to leave there and but I mean the when the national champions when that's an option yeah um it's very difficult to say no and <laughs> i think everyone wants to to push push themselves and try and take that step to the next level and i think if you don't want to do that then you're probably playing the yeah. wrong sport yeah so. um so when how did that kind of come about because yeah. i know i think you and i talked a little bit about this earlier about like kind of putting in the requests and stuff but mm -hmm. you had played against maryland you had scored against maryland a few times um yeah. so there was maybe the coaches knew a little bit what was kind of like the process of you deciding okay i think maryland's maryland's the place yeah so how they've changed it to this year you have the the transfer portal which i think is a great idea it makes it a lot easier for players to transfer and move to different schools mm -hmm. obviously you, you don't know everyone's situation so it could be a little bit awkward before where you didn't have that option you could potentially lose your scholarship yeah. if you decided you wanted to leave so to have the transfer portal i think it's a great great idea coaches can see you on there and it sort of saves you reaching out to coaches you can if you want but yeah you're getting looks and i guess they can they can then contact other schools speak about you they can directly contact you which is great you yeah. can speak to to coaches and obviously before i came to america initially to hofstra <laughs> i wasn't quite sure how that all worked yeah. so to be sort of doing that again, I think it made it a little bit easier and I knew exactly where I wanted to go. But yeah, I took that decision to go into a transfer portal. I mm -hmm. spoke with my coaches, support, very supportive at Hofstra. And uh, yeah, Sash gave me a call, spoke to him on the phone, um, actually met him in New York, which was great to actually meet him face to face. Yeah. And then I came here on, a, on my visit. Obviously, there's not much <laughs> to not like about Maryland. Yeah. And then moved pretty quickly from there before I knew it. I was, sort of here in the here in the summer ready to go so <laughs> and then once you got here there was kind of moving inside the lines of the field a little bit Sasha was kind of had you work maybe in like a attacking midfield position you had been mm -hmm. a four before what was kind of the the figuring out process because you've played a bunch of positions this season as yeah. it is but yeah. what was it kind of like trying to f figure out Maryland's system because it's a very complex thing that has that Sasha has going on what was it like from coming outside to just dropping right in the middle of that yeah so like you said uh like at Hofstra, I kind of had my year to sort of the build into yeah. it, and there's there's not much, wouldn't say not much expectation, but you have as a freshman coming in, you have a little bit more leniency. But it's been coming here as a as a senior, there's probably a little bit more on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a, been a big adaptation to to come come into the team and mm -hmm. sort of try and make a mark. But yeah, I think the style is great. I really enjoy it. With we're on a on a good run at the moment. Last couple of games have been a little bumpy, but I think mm -hmm. sometimes you need that. But yeah, on on the field, yeah, like I said, it's just it's so much fun to play and it's really enjoyable. Like <laughs> it's a great group to be involved in, so I'm really enjoying it. So we'll we'll kind of move to some of those those off the field questions a little bit. And the first one I want to ask you, um, because Tom, our writer, is also British, and he and I have a conversation slash debate about this but yeah over in england what is kind of the perception of soccer in the united states either major league soccer or kind of the national team or stuff like that because obviously mm -hmm. the the perception has kind of evolved you have players coming over here from england from europe but yeah what was it kind of like growing up for you what was kind of that that idea of of mls yeah so the mls i will was, not be hurt if you yeah you <laughs> yeah no so i mean yeah my opinion on it was a lot different before i came here mm -hmm. um Whereas being sort of in the college system and seeing players get drafted and the level of players. Yeah. So, yeah, before I came, it was kind of seen as like, you see your Wayne Rooney's coming here and your, your Ibrahimovic is, they're coming kind of 
later in their career. Yeah, a retirement yeah, league is yeah, the phrase that's, that's been used a lot. Yeah, definitely you hear that a lot. So I think it's definitely coming away from from like you said that retirement league mm-hmm. with guys like Carlos Vela coming here in their prime. Yeah. So yeah, just just the the idea that I had of it was was worlds away from from what it actually is. Like yeah. it's a really high standard, and it, it's not just a <laughs> not just a retirement yeah. league. So I think the more that players younger players do come here, I think it's. Ezekiel Barco uh, yep. Atlanta so he's come yeah. here really young player big fee I think the more that that happens mm-hmm. there'll be a lot more attraction around it and especially with teams like Atlanta getting well they get 70,000 again I think yeah. it's more than the football team get there at the <laughs> <Yeah>. moment so <laughs> yeah it's definitely growing it's got a lot bigger since I've been here yeah. like you see that with when I was in New York teams in New York the mm-hmm. attendance is growing year to year so Definitely getting bigger and hopefully comes away from being that retirement league. Growing up in England, there obviously you probably looked up to. Uh, well, what team? What team do you support? What club do you support? I support a team called West Bromwich Albion. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, they're Birmingham-based. They're yep. in the second division at the moment. Mm-hmm. We're actually top, so hopefully there we go back to the I'm Premier League. I'm a Fulham fan, so I. Oh, okay. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're right there with you. Um, what? What? What kind of? Why West Brom? Um. It's a bit of a weird one, really. So yeah. none of my family is from that area, mm-hmm. but my granddad supports them. Oh, okay. So I think when he was seven or eight, he decided he liked their kit. <laughs> <laughs> it was close enough. It's sort of an hour and a half, two hours away. Not bad. Um, and then, yeah, since then, it's sort of been passed through the family. Wow. So I support West from my brother, my dad, and then my mum's side. They're all Liverpool fans because oh. they... <laughs> they're from... They lived in Liverpool. My, grand, my other granddad on the other side lived in Liverpool. So... <laughs> Probably could have made a slightly better decision <laughs> picking between which uh, which teams to support that my granddad yeah. supported. Yeah. But I went with West Brom and yeah, I've stuck with it now. But I do always watch Liverpool. So top of the Championship, top of the Premier League, yeah. Champions League, all that kind of yeah. stuff. So uh, what what is your what is your like feeling on Liverpool? Because I know like sometimes the 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 families are divided. Like if one side really likes this team but the other doesn't, you have like some animosity towards the other. Mm-hmm. Or is it or is it pretty peaceful? Yeah, no, it's quite pre- peaceful okay. because it's kind of it's a regular that you get Liverpool yeah. playing West Brom. And <laughs> <laughs> not, not exactly happens yeah, all that often unless West Brom manage to get promoted again or Liverpool get relegated, which um, is probably a slightly <laughs> longer shot. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's not too much. But there's yeah big rivalries in England. And I think. It's getting a little bit more. You see, with the LA teams here, it's yeah. getting a little bit more like that. Where, yeah, I mean, it's people's lives yeah. in England. If you lose, people just—they're <laughs> angry for the whole weekend. They're not yeah. happy. So, <laughs> um, were were there any players in particular, either English or otherwise, that you kind of looked looked up to growing up? Um, yeah. So, well, I mean, for me, like, I didn't get to see my dad play much. He was kind of towards yeah. the end of his <laughs> career. But yeah, I used to watch him a little bit. I like watching my dad play, uh-huh. but. Yeah, I think Wayne Rooney's the one that sticks out the most. He sort of burst onto the scene yeah. and then he's ended up being the top scorer for Man United in their history, top scorer for England in their yeah. history. And then for him to come here and then he's sort of right on the doorstep here, it's yeah. quite a cool thing. More towards the end of his career. But yeah, still, I'd say... Still did pretty well. Yeah, it did very well. But yeah, Wayne Rooney, I'd say, is the one that sticks out to probably, probably most people in England. Do you have an all-time favorite West Brown player? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, we did, it's it's rare we get really good yeah. ones to sort of <laughs> to single out. Um, at the moment, I would say I like Charlie Austin. Yeah, I think he's a, he's a very good striker. Mm-hmm. He's getting on a little bit now, but he still puts the ball in the back of net. Yeah. So I like Charlie Austin all time. I never actually got to see him play. 
but there's a guy called Bomber Brown, mm-hmm. and he's I like, know yeah, yeah, one of West Brom's best ever players. <laughs> so, I mean, my granddad's goes on about him. He's got the statue and stuff <laughs> outside the stadium. So, yeah, awesome. Bomber Brown, obviously with the name Brown, it's like a go. good little link. So, yeah, I'd say him. <laughs> um, my, I know, like, Chris Brunt and everything. My, part of my family is Northern Irish, so, like, Chris oh, Brunt okay, being there yeah. and everything. Chris so, Brunt, I, I, know, yeah. I know I know a few. Yeah. Um, so, now we'll get to the maybe the non-soccer things because <laughs> you said you've listened to a few of these, so you, you kind of know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. um, what, what would you say your favorite movie is? Favorite movie got to be Anchorman. That's a good choice. Yeah, I love Anchorman. <laughs> the first one, not the second one. I wish I'd never watched the second one because yeah, it kind of takes away from how funny the first one the is. The sequels are never as good as the first ones. Never. I wish it wish it was, but it wasn't the case. <laughs> uh, what about TV shows? Do you have a favorite TV show or maybe something you're watching now? Yeah, so probably the best thing, best thing I think I've ever watched like TV series is Prison Break. Oh, I really like Prison I, I Break. I haven't seen that. But that's the same with Anchorman. As it goes on, oh, it just, gets just like there's only only so many times you can break out of prison. <laughs> so I think once it gets to the second or third series, it like, becomes a little unrealistic. Yeah, I think I was done point. with it. But the first couple of series, yeah, I loved watching that. Wow. I was I was like hooked to that. Well, you think yeah. the security would get better as time goes on, but yeah, apparently not. <laughs> um, so, uh, music. What What is maybe what you're listening to right now? Do you like? Because I know some guys have like a pregame playlist. Others yeah. they don't as much. What 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 is your kind of go to? Yeah. So I, that's a weird one for me. Yeah. yeah. People have asked me that before, and I would, like I never come up with a genre. <laughs> like I wouldn't be able to name hmm. genre. Like I know like yeah. pop and R and B and stuff, yeah. but like I wouldn't. Pick it. I kind of just listen to a little bit of everything. Yeah. Like if it's mainly upbeat and happy, like anything, <laughs> yeah. anything that I can understand the words, yeah. that's, that's a good start. Like <laughs> some of the rap stuff's a bit quicker yeah. <laughs> and they can't quite catch that. But yeah, anything sort of with a upbeat, happy tune that mm. kind of puts a smile on your face before a game, I like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so we had Nicholas on last week, and I know the two of you talked about this a little bit. So on the way back from Penn State, you all the new guys have to sing a karaoke song. Yeah. And so I actually I was kind of impressed with your your song of choice. Mm-hmm. You wanna you wanna let kind of explain what it was and how it went and everything? Yeah. So I sang Stand By Me. Yeah. Which is like I said, I can understand the words. <laughs> it's an upbeat, happy song. Yeah. Uh yeah, there's like a lot of meaning behind the song. So yeah. we actually used to sing it at Hofstra hmm. as a team before the games. So Interesting. we would sort of in the locker room, we'd stick it on, sang Stim, uh, Stand By Me yeah. sort of as a group thing, kind of got everyone buzzing. <laughs> Maybe not the most upbeat yeah. song. But you don't like, think of it as like a pump up kind of yeah, song. Yeah, we kind of went through a lot of songs and we were like, oh, which one's going to work? <laughs> like we had a lot of foreign guys, so what can they understand? <laughs> what can they sing as well? So yeah, we'd sing that before games. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's just one that sort of sticks in my head and I know the words. So I sang that and apparently it went quite well. But yeah, like I sent you before, yeah. you have you have one earbud in and you, it's like singing in the shower. You think you sound good, but you're not quite too sure. <laughs> did anybody did anybody record them or anything I so that you could listen think, to it back? Yeah, I think a couple of guys. I think yeah. Johannes got a bit and Alejandro got a bit. So I, I listened back, but not too clear. So yeah, yeah, I kind of. I'll just have it in my head that I was good and <laughs> maybe not go any further. Well, well, Nicholas, and I know Nicholas told you this, he, he said that you were probably you were the best on, on that day out of the people he's heard. So who would you maybe say is out of the people that you have heard sing is the yeah. best singer? Yeah, so so as a new guy, all the new guys have to sing and yeah. that's everyone involved in the team, whether that's player, coach, <laughs> and 
even our academic advisor, yeah. like I was just saying to you before. So uh, CJ Calvin Oates was our academic advisor. He sang on the bus on the way back and he was actually really, really good. Yeah. Like he put a lot of effort into it. He was, I think he did, it was Drake. So okay. he got the rap parts in, he got the singing parts in, nice. did a bit of everything. So he was actually really good on the team. Is that one? Just hold on, we're going home. From, from Taylor Smith, the SID from. Perfect. There you go. There's the yeah, answer. which is one. Everyone knows that. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a classic. So, yeah. he sang that. He was really, really good. Uh, player-wise, right. it was pretty bad, player-wise. I mean, you look at the guys that you had singing. Well, so, it was, Nicholas, it was you, Nicholas, yeah. David, who Nicholas said was oh, no yeah, good. I would I would track him under the bus there. He was the worst. By, well, I was gonna get the worst singer. We yeah. can do this now. <laughs> by clear mile, David was the worst. Like I know it's his second language. I yeah. can let him off a bit, but yeah, yeah, I thought he'd give it a little bit more. He was not good at all. So <laughs> who 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 else was pretty bad? Oh, or did anybody yeah, so stand out for anything in particular? David was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Louis did a little bit of English rap. Interesting. Yeah. Who? Like, uh, he did Stormzy. That's what I was saying. So, yeah. yeah, Stormzy's very big, big in England. I don't know how big he is here. It, for some people. Yeah. I, I mean, I know we've put it on a couple of times in the locker room. Yeah. It's, it's been shut down pretty quickly. <laughs> no one's having it. Yeah, no one's having much of that. So, <laughs> yeah. Louis did a little bit of English crap. That was quite good. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, David, not good at all. <laughs> Isaac... Not bad, but, but not great. Not great, kind of <laughs> mediocre. Kenny, Kenny was poor. Yeah, Kenny's was poor. Yeah, because I mean he knows the language pretty well, so he didn't have many excuses. But <laughs> what, I think what did he say? He prepared. He prepared a song. Like like wrote and a then, song or no like, no okay like, good I was gonna say <laughs> he'd been practicing for a couple of weeks he oh knew wow it was coming up. wow and good then at him. the last minute so we all had to put in the group chat what we were gonna sing uh-huh. at the last minute oh. to throw us off. They, you said you got to change your cho- uh, song choice. Uh, oh, so Kenny was done for at Kenny. that point. He'd been preparing all that time. Oh wow! Yeah, so he struggled a little bit. That's brutal. But apart from that, yeah, no standouts and no. <laughs> yeah, I give it to CJ. CJ's okay. top dog on that one. Well, there you go. So nobody on the team is all that good, yeah. but the, the staff, the staff gets it done. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so you said that growing up, your family traveled a lot. What would mm-hmm. you say is maybe the most interesting place you traveled, either for soccer or with family? Yeah. Um, yeah, so when I was younger, we were really lucky, really fortunate. So my parents actually divorced, but it meant double the holidays. So <laughs> it was go. great. <laughs> so yeah, I've been to pretty much everywhere wow. in Europe, which was, which that's I crazy. guess like here, it's almost like going state to state yeah, that's in Europe thing. because Europe basically fits into yeah. <laughs> America. <laughs> so yeah, it's almost like traveling state to state, but huh. there's a, lot more differences obviously yeah. languages cultures yeah. so that's great to see europe my favorite place probably the the furthest place being is australia wow so yeah is that I, just for holiday or for yes yeah, so i went to australia um yeah loved australia <laughs> so i actually i have a girlfriend now she's australian she's wow. there right now so lucky enough to be going back at christmas there you go. which i'm very happy about only second time you've gone back yeah will only be the second time wow. so i mean they the weather is a lot different to England, but I think that's why I liked it. It was such there a big go. change. Like, the sun's out all the time. Yeah. But, yeah, I loved Australia. Like, going there, like, everyone's so friendly. Everyone's so nice. But it's always good to see different cultures, different places. Yeah. And I think that's especially great in Europe that 
you have so much like on your do- doorstep almost like it's so easy to get to France, Spain, yeah. Italy, Belgium. <laughs> it's crazy and they're all so different from each other. So yeah. yeah, I love to travel, really enjoyed it and I've been lucky enough to, to be able to do it enough. So so what was it like, just because you talk about the traveling and like how going from country to country in Europe is like state to state. What was it like going like to UCLA when you guys went? Because that's like yeah. a six hour flight, but it's same country, like still yeah. you play in college. Like what was that kind of yeah. comparing it to over there? Yeah, so that's that's weird because UCLA, like I'd never been, I never been to that area before. Uh-huh. Uh, it's so nice, I loved it, oh, yeah. and that's definitely a lot different from like, say DC or New York yeah. or th- those kind of yeah, 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 the, the city kind of areas. So, yeah, a lot different. Um, I w- it's it's weird because you get there and everyone's still speaking the same language, yeah. so it's not quite as big an adaptation. It's more just weather and scenery kind of <laughs> thing. But yeah. That area, I really like that area. It'd be nice to go back. But, yeah, like I said, a lot different to Europe in yeah. that it's, <laughs> it's six hours. Yeah. You flew, uh, flew six hours in, in England. You, yeah, yeah you, you'd see a couple of countries, <laughs> that's for sure. So, um, What is your major? Uh, so, yeah, I was a marketing major at Hofstra. Okay. And then when I transferred here, just worked out better with credits and stuff. So I had to change, and I've changed to sociology. Hmm. So, yeah, it's been quite interesting i didn't take many sociology classes at hofstra because didn't need to with my major yeah. so yeah i'm really enjoying that at the moment not too sure what will come of it <laughs> you but i think i think it's a good thing to sort of understand yeah sort of what's going on around you and and how people's minds and stuff work yeah. so and, and sort of the effects that different things can have so yeah i'm loving that that's really interesting actually so between here and hofstra what would you say is maybe the most interesting class you've ever taken just Oh, that's a that's a good one because I had some I had some funny ones. Yeah, yeah, I had some. So, in England, how the university system yeah. works is like you do your subject, you do those classes, and that's, that's it. it. Whereas here, you you have your elective, so you kind of you get it's diverse. A li- yeah, you get a little bit of everything, yeah. which I think is really good. I mean, not many people coming to university at eighteen yeah. can say right that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I know that's what I'm going for. Yeah. I just want to take those classes. Mm-hmm. So I think that's great how the system works. I would say the most interesting one because of that would be, I took an African-American history class hmm. and that was, that was very interesting. Wow. And I've also taken a politics politics of the world class well i'm and sure that was interesting that was very interesting because <laughs> we like the professor just smashed through that we did like two countries a week wow like, it was like bosh bosh you know like yeah know it know it oh, on to the goodness. next one so i think we covered a a good <laughs> good good percentage of the world and it's, yeah it's so interesting to learn about what's going on around yeah. you and and the different cultures i guess that comes back to the traveling like yeah i just love knowing more about like how people live how they've grown up mm-hmm. the languages <laughs> even down to like what they eat because yeah. that's everything's yeah, so different I mean, yeah i live with kenny kenny oh yeah <laughs> yeah and kenny uh kenny cooks some some crazy things but <laughs> always looks good but yeah like how different people live and how, how things are just what you would consider to be a norm and then yeah. what they would consider to be a norm can be two worlds apart sometimes so that's crazy so you talked about Kenny cooking. So either out of the people you live with or just guys on the team, who would you say is maybe the best cook or the most kind of like really gets into it kind of thing? Best cook. Again, out of the guys you've seen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I live with Kenny, Craig, 
Marcus and Malcolm. So you live so, with Craig. We're going to circle back to that. <laughs> that's that's going to be good. <laughs> that is, uh, this is an interesting guy. <laughs> so cook-wise, yeah, Craig. Craig doesn't cook much. Um, Marcus and Malcolm, they they go and get their food from the the dining hall, like as freshmen. Yeah. Like, I guess that eases them into it. But yeah, Kenny... Kenny cooks some interesting stuff. Some of it smells really good. Some of it doesn't smell so good. And you can't quite work out what it is. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say for diversity, and I guess because I've never seen it before, yeah. some of the things that he cooks, yeah, I'd say definitely definitely Kenny. Hmm. I think, I know Eric, Eric's pretty big on food, yeah. but I've never seen him cook, so I don't know what he, what he's, he he's big on the eating part, maybe not the cooking yeah, part. Well. Yeah, I mean, I I room with him on away trips, and uh-huh. like we get given our food, so yeah. there's not much of an opportunity to cook, but I listen to his his podcast, and I know he's real into the food stuff, yeah. so yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to get him to cook sometimes, yeah. <laughs> see how he is. Um, is. Is there somebody that stands out as maybe like the worst cook? Just Worst cook? I mean, you know yeah, of. I have a Craig and Craig never cooks. So. All right, so let's, let's just get started on so that one. So I'm going to chuck him one of the most Craig's. Air your grievances on, on Craig because he has come up for um, like the messiest. He's come up for most likely to be late, uh, worst <laughs> cook. So are, is all of this warranted criticism? He, I would say, yeah, yeah, 90% of the time. Okay. I would say, yeah. So he's got a little bit of a challenge for being late mm-hmm. Marcus is also awful at timekeeping okay so I guess I see that more because I live with him yeah but then I think even within the team like if we're having a meeting or <laughs> if we're Still if we're doing something yeah it'll be Craig's definitely got better but yeah. Marcus is well up there as well he'll he'll come in interesting he'll, we'll be waiting for Marcus a lot yeah the cooking the <laughs> Cleaning. Like the, the cleaning, the clean locker. <laughs> like I try and get onto him about it, yeah. and he's got a lot better. That's good. So progress yeah, he's has learning. been made. Yeah, he's definitely learning. Very good. I mean, his dad comes around sometimes because <laughs> obviously he's a local guy, yeah. and he'll drop him off some food, mm-hmm. and his dad will be onto him about it as well. <laughs> so he's definitely he's getting the message. Yeah. I think from it's, from all different areas. Yeah, he's listening to the podcast too. He Is he? <laughs> yeah, he. I think he knows. I, he knows I am, he's got to up his game a I, little bit. So. I am gonna my my goal is to have Craig on so that he can kind of defend himself oh, at, yeah, at some to, point. So we're gonna. I mean, even there's only a few weeks left in the season. We're gonna try to do it like even after the season, like ends kind of yeah. thing. So get everybody everybody on. So oh, Craig, your time will come, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> good laugh too. Yeah, you get some crackers out of it. Um, so. Um, the the banter on the team, at least for, at the start of the season, there was kind of the video games and poker. Were you involved in poker at all? Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah I got involved in the poker. Okay. I played it a little bit before. Uh huh. So, but I I'm not great. So <laughs> I tried to sort of play it off. I'd never played. And I didn't really know what I was yeah. doing. So, I think Justin Justin and Blumberg Ron Blumberg got it set up. So Blumberg's <laughs> real into it. Yeah. Like yeah, he loves it. Huh. So those two are pretty good. They set it up. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I came. Oh, those two guys won. I came third. Okay. So I was very happy with yeah. that. So first time properly playing. I kind of I knew how to play, but yeah, it <laughs> comes down to like bluffs and stuff. I yeah. guess. So yeah, that was good fun, and we haven't had much of a chance to get another one of those going because mm-hmm. we've been so busy with all the games and yeah. stuff. But yeah, poker is definitely something that <laughs> I think nine or ten of us it was. Yeah, yeah, we get a good, good crowd group. going, so that's good. So the video games, were you involved in the Fortnite kind of stuff at all? Because I know some guys were, some guys weren't. Yeah, so, so 
Yeah, since I've been in America, like when I was when I was at home in England, I'd play I'd play FIFA a good amount, mm-hmm. like Call of Duty. Like I think there was a time where everyone was just full on addicted to that, <laughs> like the Modern Warfare days, yeah. especially my age. Anyway, I don't know about you. Yeah. Like everyone was addicted to Modern Warfare, yeah. so I loved that. But yeah, since I came here, I'd never didn't really have like a console with me or anything i <laughs> yeah. try to just solely focus on <laughs> on, the, on, on school and yeah. school and soccer so we actually have a playstation now in where we live mm-hmm. so me craig marcus malcolm so craig has one and marcus has one so they're both real being into it they're always playing yeah. um the Fortnite side, I know like Matt, Ben, Eric, That's and a big Mike, thing with them, yeah. yeah, they love it. They're <laughs> big into the Fortnite. But yeah, I never really got going. I've had a couple goes mm-hmm. at the at Fortnite before. Yeah, I'm dead before I even <laughs> land. So I packed that in qu- pretty quickly. But yeah, I love playing FIFA. Yeah, like, that was going to be the next in, thing. Yeah, like, real into FIFA. Give Craig a good few games at yeah. that because he loves that. Him and Fola, always playing. Marcus, Marcus is always playing NFL. Hmm. So he's real big into American football. Interesting. Yeah, he loves it. So he's always <laughs> playing that. You can't get him off. So it's we have one TV where we live. So <laughs> both PlayStations are hooked Rotate. up. Yeah, and they have to. It's like shotgun. Whoever gets there quickest gets to play. So, um, so when you play FIFA, what is maybe your go-to team? Do you have Do you have one in particular? Oh, go-to team. Are you more of an ultimate team guy? Where you kind of because I know some people yeah, are just so like I, yeah. So my brother's real big on the team and we'd always play that at mm-hmm. home. Like, oh, we spent too much money on, <laughs> on <laughs> trying to get packs. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that was dangerous. That's a slippery slope to get into <laughs> on the team. So, yeah, I used to love that and, like, mm-hmm. building the teams yeah. and, like, I used to find that real interesting and loved that. Since I came here, yeah, just with time and stuff, it's more just, like, quick, uh, quick I'll give you a game, I'll yeah. give you a game kind of thing. Craig's, Craig does play on the team. Mm-hmm. He plays it a little bit more than I do. So, yeah, my go-to team just in a quick match. Mm-hmm. I would probably say, I'd say Man City. Okay. Because, I mean, it's picking like one of the yeah. best teams. In, you got to go with the big like guns. Three teams in the world. Like, yeah. you're trying to win a game. <laughs> you got to go, got to go big. Yeah. I don't like playing with West Brom just because, well, like... yeah. That's, like, what I don't play with full. Yeah, it's just not, on FIFA, yeah. like, what's the point? It's always, like, a scrappy game. Like, if somebody's always going to pick a better team than you, yeah, you're like, that's n- not fun. Yeah, there's no skill to it. <laughs> and even if they do, if we had a West Brom-Fulham game, yeah. just wouldn't be fun to play. Yeah. Like, no one's quick. No one, no one's got any skill moves. Yeah. No one can do... There's going to be no good goals. Yeah, like, it's just going to be, like, us hitting, like, bombs from, like, 30 yards out. Yeah. Like, that's the best you can hope yeah, for. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be good. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd say Man City just... Just because nice of the quick up top, get yeah. it going. <laughs> um, so who would you maybe say is the best out of either just the guys you live with or on, on the team, the best FIFA player? Best and you FIFA. can say yourself if, yeah. if you think so. Best FIFA player. So <laughs> You look like you want to say yourself. Nah, so <laughs> I play I don't play it that much. Yeah. I don't play it that much. Craig and Fowler always playing against each other. Russell, he'll come around and he'll play a bit. I don't know how much like Matt and Ben and those guys play it, but I know that Padilla and David, yeah. they played against each other every night for like <laughs> I think the first two months of the season, <laughs> and David didn't win a game. So really, I know Brian's that, just that good, or he, oh, well, so I think Nicholas said Brian's just that good, but uh, David's off just that bad. Yeah, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd agree with Nicholas. I've never actually seen a game, uh-huh. but I know that Padilla 
based off that, he must be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so I picked Padir up there without actually seeing him. So uh-huh. I'm just going to go off stat, purely yeah, stats based on that. Yeah, yeah reputation <laughs> stats. Sorry, Dave. Dave's <laughs> way down there. He's got to be pretty low. Yeah. But oh, it's tough because Craig always beats... I'd say Craig beats Foley 75% of the time. I heard that's a good time. rivalry. Yeah. And they, they go at Foley gets pretty angry. Craig gets really into it. Yeah. And then when Craig's getting a little bit big for his boots, <laughs> uh, I'll challenge him to a game. Uh-huh. And I would like to say it's like pretty close. I would say at the moment, we're probably even on games won and lost. Okay. But if it's like he's starting to beat me, mm-hmm. I'll just start putting in. Like, so I was playing him last night. I just started putting in big tackles because he's one and up. <laughs> got a couple of guys sent off, and then yeah. you can always have that as the excuse. That's, there you go. So Play 11 v right. 11, <laughs> I think I'm I'm picking myself in uh-huh. that one. But yeah, he, he gets the better on me sometimes. But yeah, I'm going to go Padilla purely stats-based. Well, on that we, one. We, we've said there needs to be a team-wide tournament to have one clear, like, decisive yeah. champion. Yeah, definitely. I That's feel like that idea. could be interesting. Yeah. Um, so last couple of things. When you're, when you're over in England, what do you miss the most about being here in the United States? Because you've been here for a few years now. What do you, yeah. you kind of miss the most when you either go back there or just travel around? Um. Yeah, I think the thing I miss most about America is like one of the biggest things would be being in season. Yeah. Like being in season, being around everyone. <laughs> like you don't even have like two seconds to think. Like you're always doing something. You're training, mm-hmm. or you're flying to a game, like you're in the locker room. It's always going. Yeah, there's just you you're doing your classes, there's always something going. So just it's it's nice to be home and like sort of chill out a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, after like a week like you're ready to be back you into don't it. Like, to do with yourself. Yeah, you <laughs> want to get going again. So, yeah. yeah, I think just how the setup is of college soccer, just constantly busy. Like it's a little bit different in spring, which yeah. I think it's great that they're trying to get the sort of the year model going. Yeah, um, that'd be fantastic. I think. Like I wish that would have been yeah. in my time here. I would have loved yeah. to have d- done that. So, yeah, just being around the guys all the time. And then America as a country. I mean, yeah, just how. Well, the university system is great here. Mm. I'm so happy I came. <laughs> I don't know what I'd be doing yeah. in England if not. So yeah, just yeah, how friendly everyone is. Everyone gets on. Like it's a lot more relaxed and chilled out. Mm-hmm. A little bit different DC to New York. Yeah. Like DC, I think it's definitely more relaxed than than how it was in New York. Like everyone's a little bit more laid back. Yeah. So I like that. Like in England, everyone always seems to be busy and doing something <laughs> in here, there, and everywhere. So yeah, yeah just everyone's chilled out. Just little things like people my family knows this when they come in it's a bit mm. of a random one but sure. like everyone just drives slower <laughs> like <laughs> everyone's more relaxed like yeah. no one's in a rush to like you get huh. there when you get there like <laughs> just enjoy life a little bit more so I think interesting yeah England and the UK could definitely take a little bit more from that like huh. everyone's just less uptight like more relaxed there's no rush on anything that's fascinating yeah what happens happens when it happens just enjoy yourself huh. so that's interesting because yeah, like as, that. as somebody who's been here obviously my entire life i've yeah. always thought that americans get pissed when they're in traffic and they're like i i've always thought about it so i can't even imagine what it's like in england oh geez. yeah <laughs> i mean i think everyone's just like that 10 20 percent a little bit more aggressive yeah. <laughs> so like <laughs> the horns the the horns are coming out mm-hmm. a little bit sooner <laughs> so w- maybe flip that and when you're here in the united states what do you aside from your family because it, mm-hmm. we'd hope that's the that's the first the first thing yeah. you would miss but what what do you maybe <laughs> miss the most about being home in england 
Um, yeah, obviously, yeah, family and friends, like you said, would be the top one. Mm-hmm. And then, so I had a little bit of stick for this one actually. So <laughs> there was the they went to England the spring before I yeah. came, or I think maybe two springs before I I came here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they said that the food they had was horrific. They hated it, and I don't see what the problem is with it. Is. Taylor's think, nodding. Yeah, Taylor's not in there. Taylor went, but like, I don't see the issue with the food. Like, we've kind of just taken food from here, there, and everywhere, uh-huh. and compiled what we think is the best <laughs> options. <laughs> and I like the food, like a good roast dinner. Uh-huh. Like, uh, if my grandma or my mum or or my dad, stepdad, that mum mm-hmm. cooks a roast dinner. Yeah, I love a roast dinner, so I'd say the food. Mm-hmm. Here, I, I think our food, a roast dinner is pretty similar to like a Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. So like we would have that most Sundays, pretty much every Sunday, a mm-hmm. similar thing to a Thanksgiving dinner where it's like your turkey, gravy, yeah. stuffing. Yeah, I love all <laughs> that stuff. That's good. So I'd say the food, mm-hmm. that's a unpopular opinion I guess <laughs> <laughs> judging from some of the stick uh-huh. that I've been given for it and then strangely like this is probably going to be a little bit of a surprise I do miss the weather interesting which is weird huh. like I like it a little bit colder a little bit overcast mm-hmm. like I get burnt in the sun so easily <laughs> like I need like factor 90 <laughs> otherwise I'm sizzling yeah. and peeling the next day so yeah the weather just a little bit of rain sometimes uh-huh. actually it's actually okay yeah well you got it today so. <laughs> yeah definitely we did um so last thing because I've kept you far long enough um you're kind of in a unique situation where your Maryland kind of career is only the the one year and yeah. so a lot of guys can look back on four years or three years or whatever it might be so and obviously as we get into the postseason it's not over yet but how would you kind of sum up your Maryland experience so far yeah yeah I loved it I mean I'm so glad that I took a risk to to leave where I was I think I had a great three years there, I really enjoyed it but looking back i I mean, I came here not ever well, I do, with everything I do. I don't ever want to look back and say, yeah. oh, if only I did this or mm-hmm. if only I pushed myself a little bit further. So, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm really happy I took the risk of coming here. Like like you said, the season's not over. Yeah. There's a long way to go. So, I think as a team, we can definitely progress and we can go really far. Um, Yeah, looking back, I met some great guys. It's tough to come in just, <laughs> just for the... I guess I'm going to be down at Christmas, so yeah. the the three or four months to to get to know everyone, and mm-hmm. you have that with college. It's a weird situation that you're yeah. in that <laughs> the team's turning over all the time. Like you're going to have, well, I think this year, what do we have? Twelve new players compared to from last year, yeah. like a championship winning team, and then mm-hmm. to have a have a new team, pretty much half of half yeah. of half oh, of that sure. is a new team. <laughs> so yeah, I'd, I'd look back. I'd loved it. Yeah, really enjoyable. The setup at Maryland's great. A uh, lot bigger school than Hofstra, so mm-hmm. just the actual school experience, even like the lecture halls and yeah. the, <laughs> the amount of people that's here, I think is what Hofstra was about twelve thousand here, is about well forty five thousand, yeah. I think. Double, and triple. Hofstra was pretty big commuter school, whereas a lot of people were sort of, mm. I guess, local to this area or living on campus. So mm. yeah, I've loved it. It's been a great mm. experience, and there's so much that go into it, so many people involved. So yeah, I won't forget it. That's mm. for sure. Well, Luke, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you, and you appreciate it. You're listening to the Ludwig Lowdown with Brendan Hartlove and Joe Malfa. So once again, we'd like to thank Luke Brown for taking the time to sit down with me this afternoon um, <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and 
great chat with him, I'm sure. So um, he maybe has not had this season that he wanted to in terms of production, but he's still been a very crucial part of the team coming into kind of a new role, um, all of that jazz. So um, now we'll move to our Pro Terp segment because, like I said, uh, U.S. national team has released a few rosters. And so the the funny thing is Tom and I recorded last week's podcast on Thursday. And so I'm standing at Ludwig Field Thursday afternoon to watch practice, you know, because I have nothing better to do with my <laughs> life than to go watch Maryland practice um, and then do the media availability. That's when I interviewed Nicholas, all that kind of stuff. As I'm standing there, the U.S. national team releases a pre-camp roster um, of, I think it was like 19 MLS players, guys whose seasons were already over who are not in MLS Cup, and getting his first ever U.S. national team call-up albeit for a pre-camp, was Chase Gasper, who we have, this might as well be the official Chase Gasper podcast because of how many times we brought him up because of how great of a season he had uh, this past year for Minnesota United in his rookie season. Obviously, we talked about um, he finished fifth overall in the Rookie of the Year polling, um, had a very good season, helped Minnesota United to their first ever playoff appearance, um and so it was things went very well for chase this year and there was one point i think maybe i guess midway through this podcast midway through the college soccer season which is end of the half of you know of the pro season and Stu holden who is one of the analysts for fox sports brought up that if chase casper continues his performance he very well could see him getting a look from the U.S. national team, and that happened. Yep. And so he was called into a pre-camp down in Bradenton, Florida, which took place from the 2nd, which was Saturday, to the 9th, which is, I think, Saturday again. (laughs) Dates are not my thing. If the 2nd was a Saturday, the 9th also was Saturday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, didn't do the math. I was... Yeah, I was like, Maryland plays all the time. So. <laughs> um, it was, for, yep, for 19 MLS players who already completed their seasons. And um, Chase, very excited, as anyone would be, to, to get called up. And he, he said he was always be grateful to Sasha and his staff, all of his teammates, the entire Turf family for everything they did for him. Um, now, the interesting thing is that when he got called in, uh, the energy was very high because – with Sergino Des having not yeah. at the time decided, I think his decision came out either a few hours later or like a day later. Yeah. Uh, the 18-year-old prize left slash right back yeah. for the national team that probably should have picked the Netherlands, but I mean, yeah, I'm not complaining. I'm not if, complaining. If you, if you have no idea what we're talking about, Sergino Des is a young player that plays in the Netherlands. He was born and raised in the Netherlands, but has American ties, which means he's eligible to play for the U.S. Yes. national team. He's very good. Obviously, the U.S. would want him, um, and he did decide to play for the United so States. So that takes up so. a spot that Chase could have taken, but oh. at the same token, I mean, defense is not the strong suit right no. now for the U.S. No. And, and left back has never been the strong suit, nope. literally as long as I can remember. Uh, not since DeMarcus Beasley, really, and he's the only yeah, one who's even, even kind of semi-filled that, that in. I'm yeah. Not, yeah, I'm not going to argue that either. Um, it's really been kind of a black hole. Uh, Steve Chirundolo he was got right a couple back. World Cups in. He played on the left side a little. He was on the right back. They moved Carlos Walkenegger a little. Oh, that's right, back. that's right. They but moved. He I, was a, he I knew was one very them, much a center back. I knew, back I, knew I knew one of them moved out there. Yeah. Um, Chirundolo was on the right. Yes, you're right. Walkenegger moved out like to the Jonathan left for a little Bornstein, while. Jonathan who was out there a little yeah, bit. And these yeah. are names that if they you moved, listen to the podcast, you have no They moved Walkenegger out to the left when they had Jay Demera and Aguchi Anyewu in the middle, and that kind of worked. But aside from converting a center back to the left, it's it never excel, really worked. Though. They've yeah. never actually had a genuine left back. So um, 
Dest players on the right for Ajax. Correct. Problem is, we've got DeAndre Yedlin there. Now, I personally, the pro- it's a good problem to have with the yeah. depth of the U.S. team right now. They have so many midfielders that I like. I would like to put Yedlin at right mid and slide Destin behind him so they could kind of be interchangeable and both have the freedom to go forward and overlap, yeah. which would open up the left side. But This is all assuming Greg Berhalter stops thinking that Tyler Adams is a right back. Remember now, see, that? See, here's the thing. Because he hasn't been healthy since, like, so, March. So, like, here's the thing. I also think he's a right back. We haven't had this conversation off air yet. This is probably not something to have not on the, Not air, the time to have the conversation, maybe something off air. Um, but in a nutshell, I think that his best position is right back from when I saw him all the time with the New York Red Bulls as a season ticket holder. And Sasha Kleshin, who was also on that team, and with Tyler Adams for three or four years, said his position, best position was right back. Um, and he's a stud. So yeah. I think when... I've watched him a lot in the Bundesliga. Yes, that's the thing, and he's so. tremendous as a defensive midfielder. Yeah. I just think that when... Since the U.S. has a glut of midfielders right now, if you're going to get all your best players on the field, put him at right back, put Dest at left back. And he reminds me a lot of Philip Lahm, yeah. who did the same thing. He's probably, by trade, a defensive midfielder, but he was a star for, yeah. at right back for Germany. Um we got sidetracked from Chase Gasper. Yeah. Because, but it all relates to him because this is how he could possibly get into his role with the U.S. national team. Yeah. Uh, all these moving parts, while seeming random and just parts of our random thoughts, <laughs> it all ties back to whether or not he will be able to crack this lineup and how soon. Um, but he's got the talent and he's played well in the MLS. Thankfully, knock on wood, the back has held up. Yeah. An issue that he had at Maryland a couple of times. And as long as the health continues to be there, the play is there and something will open up for him. I'm very confident in that, the yeah. way we've seen him. And then on the flip side, mentioning his back injury that has been you know, good, glad he's been healthy. Health not on the side of Zach Steffen at the moment, as yeah. he was a very late scratch from the roster, so he will not be with the U.S. for the upcoming Nations League games. Yeah, so he, Zach has been the number one uh, first-choice goalkeeper for the U.S. men's national team. Um, he's going to miss the games against Canada uh, next Friday in Orlando in the Cayman Islands and he's going to miss the next few games uh, of the Nations League that kind of thing um, this, uh, Cayman details, Islands wait what I don't, I don't I miss, I'm trying to read this article the Canadian we'll, game is we'll in the US the, yeah I know the we'll Cuba game is in the Cayman Islands because yeah. I don't think they play in Cuba oh yeah no they, they can't yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I read this sentence wrong as okay, I'm trying to go. do a bunch of the games against Canada next Friday in Orlando and Cuba yes. on November 19th in the Cayman Islands this yes. was formatted weird um, so yeah so Zach the details weren't immediately available I think I heard or saw tendonitis somewhere on, mm-hmm. on Twitter which, which is a shame because he's been playing very well in the Bundesliga um, and hey, all these decisions might not be up to Greg Berhalter if they lose to Canada again. So yeah, well, again, conversation <laughs> to be had off air, Joe. Um, but yeah, so the, I mean, the big takeaway is yes, while Zach is not in, Chase is in, and so that was for a pre-camp. Well, they announced the nine European players that they're adding to the roster on Thursday today. Uh, this comes out Friday, but um, and Chase is still on the list. Still he's there. still he's still there. So the final roster gets finalized on Monday. Could be a situation where, because Dest has Champions League games and uh, domestic league games with Ajax coming up, and Cuba, I think you, me, and seven of our buddies here at Maryland could beat. Um, <laughs> I think that... Uh, accepted. And, and I, I meant seven. Our, our like, I, real I, team. I meant seven. I meant playing a man down. Like I, I, That was an accidental match. Playing, playing, yeah, uh, playing two men down. That was not an accident. I meant that. Um, nine players, two men down. You're I there. I see seven. The, oh, you, me, you, and, me seven, and seven okay. others. Again, math, not my thing. <laughs> you, me, and seven others. Yes. That was intentional. Two men down. Yes. I think we could beat Cuba. So I think you'll probably see Des get a rest against Cuba. 
and possibly Gasper get in there. So. And so, and, and that's kind of the thing to to round this out. Like Chase getting called in, they've called in a few other left backs. They're it's shown that Greg Berhalter is trying to find depth as maybe that backup left back, and he's not looking only at Daniel Lovitz, who from the Montreal Impact has never Terrible. impressed me for the national team. He's just not a national team level player. Chase has done very well. It's a lot Mike of not national team level players that yeah. are shoehorned in there because of Greg Berhalter's stubbornness to call domestic players. Yeah, but so. again, we need to have we need to. Are you thinking one the same of our thing off-season, that I'm One of our off-season Ludwig Lowdown yeah. podcasts could be a U.S. men's yeah. national team January podcast. camp when there's probably yes. some Terps in there. Yes. Um, so, oh, you won't be here. That's true. Sad. That, that really just hit me. Yeah, we could do it in December before I go. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, so if you don't know, Joe's graduating after this Hey, this I might semester, be here. My so. one, The one steady job I have right now that I know I've got on lock is working a few days a week at NBC Sports Washington. So true. could be in the area. So that could still be a January thing we do. There you here. go. So... Um, anyways, yes, Chase is in the national team camp. We'll see if he makes the final roster. Uh, you can probably – I'll be tweeting about that So, because we won't have a podcast until uh, middle of next week. Uh, regardless of Maryland's result on Sunday against Northwestern in their first game of the Big Ten tournament, that game will be at 1 o'clock in Evanston. Uh, I believe that game is on BTN+. Plus. Sadly, I'm not traveling with the team. Just <laughs> logistically, again, does not does not work. Um, NCAA tournament will be traveling. But that game coming up on Sunday at 1 o'clock. If Maryland wins, they will come home to face the winner. Don't have to travel for that one. Don't have to travel for that one. They just have to travel back. Just from your apartment after Ludwig Field. Exactly, which God knows how many times we've done that this season. <laughs> um, my phone has started registering Ludwig is home instead of my apartment. That's, Interesting. Not, that's not true, but no, I would not no. be surprised if it happened. <laughs> um, so anyway, yes, if they win Sunday, they will come back home for the semifinals and potentially finals for the Big Ten tournament being played at Ludwig Field uh, the following weekend. So still lots going on in the postseason. We'll see how long Maryland's run is. And as long as it is, we will be right here with you on the Ludwig Lowdown. Joe, thank you again for your time. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it. Be back hopefully uh, same time next week with the preview of the Final Four. Whatever that might whatever that might be. So, um, so that does it for Episode 11. Which is again that number's climbing. We've got a starting roster. We do. We have a start. <laughs> we have a starting lineup of uh, of Ludwig Lowdowns, um, and I think we probably out of the interviews we've had each time. Oh, maybe not. Cause we haven't done eleven interviews because Sash wouldn't play, and we had one where there wasn't. I was going to say if we could just out of, the, out of the, the lineup. We, yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, that will do it for episode eleven. We thank everybody for listening as always, right here on WMUC Sports Radio, your Terps, your station. Thanks for listening to the Ludwig Lowdown. We hope to have you right back here for the next edition with your hosts, Brendan Hartlove and Joe Malfa. Thanks, everybody, and go Terps!